Welcome to Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents Making money moves with the finest of gents Come and pull up a seat cause we're proud to present How to make some good decisions when you're on the fence Rob and Steve gonna tell you how to do it the best Hello and welcome to another episode of Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents I'm Stephen Ellis And I'm Robert Wolfson And Rob, today our, our topic is rather serious So before we get into it, let's talk about some fun stuff That's right have to lighten the mood before we get into the heavy yeah, part of the exactly. podcast. So tell us a joke, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> tell us a joke, Court Jester. Tell us a joke. Put you on the spot. Yeah, you did. And I'm gonna wait. Spot. Get air. We're not editing are, this are, at all. Are, are dad jokes approved? We're just gonna. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Well, someone once told me that icy is the hardest word in the English language to spell. So now, now looking at it, I see why. Okay, I said this was gonna be funny. I'm sorry. You said dad jokes I misled everybody. I misled everybody. Okay, your turn. I was uh, for a dad joke. Okay, we're not editing this. I can't. I can't pause it and just wait for dramatic it. pause. Drum roll. So, you put me on the spot. So I'm probably going to butcher this because I, I'm probably saying it wrong. But I know the punchline probably still works. Now that I've set it up, hey, <laughs> I just set up the joke. I couldn't just tell the joke. I had to set something up. I'm sitting anyway, here with so the anticipation. Why is wait. a koala bear not a real bear? Because it doesn't qualify. Oh, boo. I like mine better. That's a dad joke. It yeah. is a dad joke. Yeah. Who can fill, Who can drink a gallon of gasoline? <laughs> I don't... Do we want to be putting that out on the air? Jerry you can. Say, you, Jerry, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was going to say, like, this is very Trump-esque, encouraging no. people to drink a gallon no, of gasoline. No, definitely not. And what do you call a bear with no lips? Okay, see, see what I've started here? A gummy bear. Yes, that one I've heard. Yes. That one I've heard. But see what I've started? As soon as you start Rob off on telling jokes, he just he just keeps rattling them off. Yes. It's like song lyrics or movie titles. You That's just, right. You can't get them stopped. Name that tune. It's like tune. a runaway freight train. Name that tune. I'm your guy. Yeah, runaway freight train. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the actual topic we're going to discuss today. If the listeners are still listening, that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if this was a phone call, everyone's hung up. Uh, we're going to talk about fear. So when we talk about it being a serious topic, obviously, when we talk about fear, it doesn't. It probably doesn't invoke a lot of positive thoughts and feelings uh, on the part of our listeners out there. But we want to talk today about it sort of in general, uh, but also how it may and does relate to investments in the markets and, and you know, the financial sector overall. So, Rob, as, as I said, we're not really going to just necessarily uh, look at this from the perspective of the markets and investing, because I think fear is interesting. So let, let me start with a little bit of a personal anecdote. So this past weekend, I was discussing fear with a couple of other uh, individuals on the ski hill, and we were talking about you know, going fast and, and there being lots of people and things like that and how we've sort of, as we've aged, we've become more fearful of speed, jumping, you know, doing the kinds of things you take for granted when you're much younger. And I actually had an injury on the ski hill a couple of years ago and found that last year I really had a tough time sort of shaking that fear. I would get up to a certain speed and kind of hit the brake, so to speak, because all of a sudden I had a fear response that would kick in. And this year I'm actually trying to work through that. I've been I've been on snow now three times, and I'm trying to sort of work through some of that fear so I don't have it. Because quite frankly, having that fear 
concerns me a lot in my decision making and, and so on. Fear can be a good thing, certainly. It has a place. But when it starts to kind of overwhelm you and things like that, that's when I think it becomes an issue. And again, for me, it's gotten to the point where I'm not wanting to go out and enjoy something I previously enjoyed because I'm fearful of it. So I know that it's now time to, to hopefully put that fear behind me. So having a certain amount of fear is healthy, but it can get to a point where it becomes, we'll say, a little bit more toxic. So that's my own personal anecdote. So coming out of that, we thought it'd be a good topic for today's episode. And we also find we, and you in particular, refer to Warren Buffett's comment, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy, excuse me, when others are fearful. So it's something that we talk about and thought we'd dedicate an episode to it. So Rob, let's talk about some common fears that people have. We did a bit of research for this episode and found an interesting article on cnbc.com that lists the 10 biggest fears holding you back from success. That could be success in anything, but certainly a lot of these apply to investing. That's right, Stephen. One of the reasons why we wanted to talk about fear as well in this episode is if you take a look back at the last kind of three and a half months on the equity markets, we've had a very serious and volatile time and pullback both in Canada and the U.S., really starting at the end of July, going all the way through to the end of October. And traditionally, uh, from a seasonality perspective, September and October are volatile times on the equity markets, and that happened again this year. Now, here we are the middle towards the end of November, and we've had a bit of a rally, which is nice, but a lot of times the fear, as you referenced, has held investors back from making proper decisions because they're not quite certain what's going to happen in the future when they're in the middle of the uncertainty. That fear really takes over. Right. We often say that fear is driving the market. Not to say that's necessarily the case right now, certainly not in the last few weeks here in November, but that's something we often find ourselves saying is, you know, what's driving the market? Fear seems to be driving the market. And also a lack of confidence. People just don't have that confidence or conviction to make proper decisions when they're really uncertain what the future holds. No one knows what the future holds, but when you have that confidence of an opinion or of a direction, you're more likely to make a decision instead of doing nothing. Reasonable segue into the first one on this list, Rob, which is the fear of inadequacy. Something people really likely don't want to admit that they have. Right? People don't like admitting that they have a fear of inadequacy or they feel inadequate. But let me put it this way, and I think people can maybe relate a little bit better at looking at it this way. Is someone might say, when they, when they see what's happening in the market, right, it's moving down and it doesn't make sense. Someone might say, say, this doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. It might be moving up and people say the same thing. That can then invoke a fear of inadequacy in that I just don't get it quote unquote. And that really is the fear of inadequacy. And that can paralyze people into not making decisions, standing still, so to speak. So that's a danger as it pertains to investing and maybe other aspects of life too when it comes to having a fear of inadequacy. This is a great point, Steve. And the next fear, most common fear, is the fear of uncertainty. Now I touched on this a little bit already earlier, but most people when they're uncertain of what's going to happen in the future, would rather just default to not doing anything than making the wrong decision. So really, whatever you do, you have to have a vision of what you think the future is going to be. And with that anticipation of your vision and seeing it playing out, it's really necessary ingredients to fight that fear of uncertainty. 
Yeah, I think it's the same as the last point. You don't want it to paralyze you. And I think we often talk when it comes to investing about the fact that there often is no certainty. And so not to expect that certainty, right? And understanding that that, that certainty doesn't exist can help move past the fear of it in a lot of ways. Yeah, we don't have that magic crystal ball. No one does. And so many people are, would rather not make a decision than make the wrong decision. And I think, Rob, looking at the future is about hedging more than it's necessarily making a quote-unquote bet on what will happen. It's often about hedging for the possibilities that may come. That's probably a topic for another episode. That's right. All right, Rob, on to number three on the list here. And this one, just just looking at the word makes me cringe a little bit. And that is the fear of failure. So, Rob, I think we all know what this means. So let's look at it a different way. I think it's about reframing failure, right? Failure is not succeeding at something. And that kind of puts a, we'll call it a a period at the end of the sentence, like I failed instead of saying it's a step towards success. You know, you often hear about athletes, people in business say every failure is just one step closer to success. I probably butchered the quote, but the the sentiment is, is such. So looking at it, it's just really about reframing failure into a step towards success. I always think of the analogy of a baseball player. If you're a 300 batting average baseball player, you're probably making $15 million a year. But a 300 average baseball player means you're hitting the ball three out of 10 times. You're failing the other seven times, but you're still incredibly successful. So you kind of need to look at it in the bigger context. Right. Rob, here's another one that just kind of makes my skin crawl when I look at it. But you and I don't have a lot of experience with this, so <laughs> it's, it's fine. But it's no, the, not at all. It's the fear of rejection. And Rob, really, this is just a natural part of life. You put yourself out there enough in any aspect of life, whether it's you know, people in sales, relationships, advice to your kids. Right. There's going to be a rejection. All the time. Yeah. It happens all the time. And sometimes I think we don't notice it. You know, I brought one up, giving advice to your kids. They may not flat out reject you, but they certainly don't go and, and do it. So That's right. They're, they're rejecting you in that way. But again, I think looking at it and just accepting that it's a, a part of life is, is important. I'd say it's pretty hard to relate that to the investments yeah yeah you think of an, an example? yeah i know that one is harder for sure you're right but the next one on the list i see is definitely easy to relate back to what we do investing building portfolios and there's even a common acronym now in our language which is fomo or fear of missing out and especially people look and see the market's ripping or a stock is doing really well and they just they've missed the boat but they just can't handle it so they're going to buy at any cost even if maybe the quote-unquote easy money's been made or most of the gains been had in a specific stock sector, um, pick your investment, but you'll still get in because you, you hear about all your friends, family, neighbors, coworkers that have made money or have done something successfully. So you need to jump on even if the timing or the investment isn't exactly right for you and your time horizon. That's right. I've got nothing really to add there, Rob. So let's move on to the next one, which is fear of change. And this one, I really like in terms of relating back to the markets and investing. I think there's so many ways that we see this affecting decision-making when it comes to investing. One could even be as simple as, I've owned bank stock for 20 years and I don't want to own anything else. 
even if it's profit-taking. I want to take some money from the banks and distribute it somewhere else. And that change is very uncomfortable for people. So that's just an example, changing your investment strategy or particular investments you have in your portfolio. I think also looking at the way the world is now and and, uh, different types of investments based on paradigm shifts in terms of the industries where innovation is happening. It often takes a little bit in adjusting to the changing world we live in from an investment standpoint as well. An example is EV or AI is starting to really dominate the headlines. And I think an an extension of what you were just explaining, Steve, is the next fear, which is a fear of losing control. I think when people are investing in things they know, like the Canadian banks, they understand the business, they understand how they make their money, but they don't maybe quite understand how companies can make money in AI and artificial intelligence. What is chat, GBT, and how are we going to make money in that? What does NVIDIA do? What do they build for microchips? What is what goes into electronic vehicles and uh, autonomous vehicles. So it's just really a fear of not having that control over the thought process, how these sectors, these companies are innovating and how they're going to control how we live our lives going forward. Yeah, Robin, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that when we get to number nine. Actually, it, it's it's too bad number nine is number eight because that would have been a great segue, but we'll wait for well, we more number. The, lead, the <laughs> listeners don't know the order, so you can make number nine number I eight know, if you want but, to. But I have a fear of control, and I need control <laughs> in this situation, and number eight is, is uh, the fear of being judged. Right now, with the amount of content we put out, whether it be podcasts, whether it be social media, it creates a platform for call it judgment, criticism, comments. You know, we have, people have the ability to rate our podcasts. So, you know, we're being judged in that way, whereas previously we may not have been. So I think this is a fear that's probably come up the list a lot more than maybe it was previously. But I think it's certainly taken on a bit of a different focus. In terms of how it relates to investing, Rob. I think there's a couple of ways that it it can, but the first thing that comes to mind is, in terms of being judged, is that person that comes up to you and sort of says, I can't believe you're not buying Bitcoin. I've made so much money in Bitcoin. Everybody's buying it. Why wouldn't you buy it? Or when marijuana stocks were hot, everybody should own marijuana stocks. You're crazy if you're not buying marijuana stocks. You can hear the terminology that I'm using. It's very judgmental, right? You're crazy if you're not buying it. Why wouldn't you be buying it? You're missing out, et cetera. And essentially being judged for not doing something that somebody else is doing. Again, it comes back to some of the other points. Fear of missing out. It's trying to invoke that fear in people that they're missing something. Uh, But certainly there's that judgment there a lot of times when you're having conversations around money and finances and investing. That's an excellent point, Stephen. I think everyone just needs to remember that your situation is unique and it's easy to have that fear of judgment, but as long as you stick to your own guns and stick to your own process, that is truly what is best for you in your situation. Absolutely. Have the confidence that what you're doing is right for you and that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Inspirational words to live by. Hey, Rob. All right, number nine. I've built up a lot of anticipation now for this one. It's the fear of something bad happening. And the reason I wanted to jump to this one is because you were talking about AI. And how many times now do you see something about AI that has this scary, ominous tone to it? Something bad happening. The robots are coming. They're going to take over the world or it can facilitate scams. So there's this fear now that 
the negative side of AI outweighs any positive that it may bring. Yeah, you're right, Stephen. People sometimes will not make a decision because they're fearful of something bad happening, meaning they may lose money in investment. But typically, if we have a bad market or something bad happening in a world, that's where people really come together, find a solution, and there's lots of positive that actually is a result of the bad happening. If everything is just good and there's no stress or no complexity that we need to figure out, then there's no innovation. So really, bad things happen, but good is a result, and innovation is a result of those bad things happening. I think, too, I've heard someone say, again, not the exact quote, but in order to appreciate positive things and good things, we need to experience trials and tribulations. I'm not going to call them bad things because no one likes experiencing bad things, but those trials and tribulations help you grow and help you appreciate the quote-unquote good times. So, again, we're trying to make a spin on it a little bit here. I get that, but turning something negative into something positive. And from an investing standpoint, just looking at something that, you know, has traded down as an opportunity as opposed to being sort of fearful of that and looking as an opportunity to make money going forward. So a little bit of regrowth in the stock, so to speak. All right, Rob, number 10, you go ahead and say this one. Yeah, the last in our list of the top 10 things that people are fearful of is the fear of getting hurt. And naturally, self-explanatory, don't need to go into too much detail on this one, Steve, but obviously people uh, don't want to experience pain, hardship, uh, hurt, and so they'd rather not make a decision uh, instead of the negative implications of potentially getting hurt from that decision. Right. I think, you know, I've, I've heard before that humans will naturally move away from pain. So if someone's taking a swing at you, you don't lean into it, right? You move away from it whether you're trying to dodge it or trying to limit the blow. So we move away from pain naturally. So it's it becomes a little counterintuitive sometimes to lean into that pain a little bit. And we talk about that when it comes to investing, that we, we're probably not buying it at the bottom. So there's going to be some pain there before we see we see that, that particular position rebound. So leaning into that pain, understanding that it's going to happen a little bit. So embracing the, the hurt, so to speak. Again, when markets are down, can be temporary, and we talk about embracing that short-term pain for the long-term gain. So, Rob, this is a good segue into a, the next section or segment of our, our episode, and this is just more interesting than anything yeah. else. And it's a good segue because there's some things on here that I think are really about pain and the fear of something bad happening. So when we look at in 2023 the top 10 fears in america and sorry for just having american data here but it's always much easier when you start doing research to find american data than it is canadian uh, or any other country certainly from where we sit so it's a study that was done and it's done annually by chapman university of american fears and the top 10 for 2023 really do relate back to some of the things we've talked about particularly something bad happening and fear of getting hurt so Rob, for this one, why don't we start at number 10? Yeah, let's do a traditional countdown. We'll go uh, bottom to top. So, and actually, I was actually surprised, Steve, that this was actually number 10 of 10 on the list. Uh, but 48% of respondents were afraid of not having enough money for the future. See, to me, that one makes sense. And like you, I'm surprised it's not higher. Maybe it's because of what we do and how much yeah. we see that fear. 
That's our own personal bias, I think. So, yeah, I agree. It should have been on the list, but I thought it had been higher. Yeah. Uh, Number nine, cyber terrorism. And, again, when we relate it back to what we just spoke about, the fear of something bad happening, certainly fits in that category. But also, when you start to look at some of these fears, you start to think of the innovation that may come out of the fear, right? If we're worried about cyber terrorism, we're starting to talk about, you know, software fixes and and innovations that can help sort of stem that fear or deal with that issue that people have. Maybe that's just us that look at it that way. (laughs) But it certainly does get you thinking about how that will be resolved and not be on the list when we start looking at it in, you know, three or four years. Number eight on the list, Steve, is biological warfare. Of course, lots of talk now with all the geopolitical uncertainty that's out there in the world, whether it's the Russia-Ukraine war, obviously what's happening right now between Israel and Hamas. There's always lots of talk about China-Taiwan, lots of nuclear war tests or nuclear uh, missile tests, my apologies, uh, happening uh, in the the South uh, Pacific Sea. So, yeah, it's really uh, no surprise that biological warfare is on this list also. All right, and now we're at seven, and we're up to 50% of respondents, and it's pollution of drinking water. You know, we start to look at environmental concerns, fears. You know, I think we've kind of gone away from some of these, and you're starting to see some of them come back, just being concerned about resources. You know, I'm sure we saw global warming on, on this list at some point in time. We don't see it in 2023. But we do see pollution on there. We do see one of our uh, greatest and most important resources, which is water, and essentially a fear of running out of uh, clean water. And from that, you also see innovation again, right? You start, you'll start to see more innovation if that's a concern around uh, preserving that resource and finding ways to do so. So number six on the list, Steve, and two sure things in life, death and taxes. So it's people that you love dying. And unfortunately, one of those things that you can't control, it's going to happen eventually, but definitely there's a large fear uh, for people losing their loved ones. Right, and five is people I love becoming seriously ill. We're still only at 50.6 and 50.4% respectively. These are in the middle of the list, and that was the thing that surprised me the most, especially when we get to, you know, when, when we start listing off the ones that are more concerning for people that end up being above those, uh, that part does surprise me a little bit, I'll be honest. So number four, so a little bit of a step up here, up to 52.3%. Again, respondents being afraid or very afraid of these various topics, but the U.S. being involved in another world war. Again, very topical. There's so much geopolitical uncertainty. There's a couple uh, long-lasting military conflicts out there. A lot of a lot of innocent people are, are, are dying as casualties. So definitely I understand why this one's up there on the list. And in the same vein, you've got number three, which is Russia using nuclear weapons. Again, a bit of a theme when it comes to uh, some of the fears closer to the top of the list here. And number two, Steve, again, related to what we do and close to our hearts, close to our hearts day to day is economic and financial collapse. Naturally, everyone is worried about what's happening in the economy and what that means to them. And everyone works hard for their money to save their finances, to save for the retirement and uh, and people especially um, people of an older demographic have been through various bear markets or recessions, so people are definitely fearful of uh, economic and financial collapse. And worth noting, Rob, that the Chapman survey started in 2013, and at least one fear related to the economies appeared in the top 10 since that time. And 
the fear of economic or financial collapse uh, was number eight in 2022. So it's come up the list quite significantly this year, which again, it makes sense. Yep. So Steve, I'll leave uh, number one to you. Take it away. It's a fear of corrupt government officials. Very American. Yes. Although I know, Rob, there's some people in Canada that would think it's very Canadian. So the fear of government corruption, it's an interesting one because skepticism of government really has has been around uh, and have been a part of American culture for a really long time. It's remained the number one fear in America since topping the chart eight years ago in 2015. So when I start listing off some of these days, just go back in your mind and think about what was happening in terms of U.S. politics during those times. However, the percentage of respondents who were very afraid or afraid of corrupt government officials dropped from 62.1% in 2022 and further from its height in 2020 to 2021. So in 2021, 2020, 2021, that's hard to say. That's actually really hard to say. a tongue twister. It is. Uh, it was 79.6%. Uh, it's down to 60. So it's dropped quite significantly. But still number one. Yeah. And the 2020 election, which is now almost three years behind us, it did mark a time of increased fear about the security of democracy. Think about that time. It all makes sense. So again, we're talking about America here. We don't have any data or stats on uh, Canadian fears as it pertains to government corruption. But uh, maybe we should just do our own survey right. at some point. It might be interesting, actually. Yeah, some of these things would be the same for Canada. Maybe oh, different sure. orders, but... Different orders. I think I think a fear of a world war, yep. I think Absolutely. that applies to yep. Canada. I don't think that's just necessarily the U.S., although yep. arguably they tend to focus a little yep. bit more on war than we do. But yep. I think certainly that's been a fear that I've, I've had discussions yep. with people. Loved about ones dying, recently. loved ones being seriously ill, cyber terrorism, yep. not enough money for the future, economic Russia, and financial collapse. Weapons. Yeah, a lot of those things. People speaking over you well. when you're trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fear of mine. Yeah, exactly. My apologies for doing that, Rob. You're helping me conquer my fear, so that's okay. What is your fear again? What's your biggest fear? Of you speaking over me. <laughs> that's your biggest fear in life. If that's your biggest fear, Rob, you're in good shape. I think. <laughs> that's true. Actually, I heard a funny, I guess anecdote is the right word for it, that people are more fearful of public speaking than they are of dying. So if you think of in the context of a funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. I have heard that. I can't say I share that sentiment agreed but <laughs> it is amazing though like if you think of it people would rather well i shouldn't say would rather but uh, people definitely have a fear of public speaking yes i think that part is definitely true 100 percent. i don't know about the analogy really hard to gauge that one i'd right. say really hard to test that theory it's true so anyway now that we've got everybody thinking about either dying or public speaking or i think we should just wrap it up yeah everyone's scared with that, I'm Stephen Ellis. I'm Robert Wilson. And we are a couple of gents. And we'll talk to you again soon.